You had something you were going to mention while you were at work? Well, I, I thought about it. It was some thought. I was like, yeah, I should talk to Terry about, about this on the podcast. I can't fucking remember what it was. That's just, that's, uh, that's life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as you, as you age past like your twenties, as we inch closer to our thirties, she's like, oh yeah, like my back hurts today. And I don't remember what I was talking about. I've, I've found, especially if any of the listeners listen to any of our other podcasts that I am just a 55 year old white woman when it comes to talking about media, which is bad for a pop culture podcast. Every 30 seconds, I'm like, you know, he was the guy he started in that one with Julia Roberts, you know, I like her, you know, my guy, you know, he, he had a mullet. Uh, there was she a was in that one episode of Golden Girls. Yes, you know, the guy and my co-host Chelsea was just like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. And she she mocked me for a little while and then she talked about Coles for 25 minutes. So I think we were about even there oh. when it comes to the mocking. Yeah. Coles. <laughs> That's a... It's a deep well of riveting conversation. It for sure is. And I think that's part of being on a nostalgia podcast period is you got to be you got to be willing to go down different avenues. Like when I started talking about Sears. (laughs) We talked about we talked about Sears for a little while. What about a Macy's? We didn't talk about Macy's. We did. We did talk about the the nuances of a JCPenney's, though. There are nuances. There are because like you have these stories where it's like, is it all closed or does it have a home and kitchen aisle? And that's like the big difference between Coles and Old Navy. You know what I mean? Like there's there's little there's little nuances. I'm telling you, man. In in the poor excuse for a mall in our hometown, we we had two JCPenney stores. One was JCPenney's home and then the other was just JCPenney's. Because JCPenney's was a store. It was like the size of a Macy's like in a normal town. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like the, my, the crazy thing for me is when I moved and I went to a double decker mall, which, you know, you see, double, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You mean a mall with two stories? You're like, yeah, but you got to understand that was something that did not compute in my brain because that was not a thing that existed. We barely had homes that were that were two stories, let alone a mall. So I called it a double decker mall when I got here. <laughs> you should have seen my country boy ass when I walked into a Target and they had escalators. Exactly. That's what I mean. It was the same thing. It was like, what? There's an escalator? They're like, yeah, you can take it up to the third, but we're going to get off. And I'm like, there's three floors. What are you talking about? What is this magic that you've instilled in me? Yeah, my mind was fucking blown. I was like, stores are one level. There's never a second level. Why would you need a second level? I felt like Charlie when he first got to the Wonka factory. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a chocolate river there. They have pretzels here. Like, what is this place? It's yeah. magical. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> Orange Julius. Exactly. Hello and welcome to Aiming for Mediocrity, the only podcast that aims for subpar and still never gets there somehow. Uh, One of these days, I swear to God, this is going to be almost worth your time. Uh, (laughs) I'm your host, Terry Smith, and with me, as always, is my my faithful mate, Dave. Mate or life partner? Well, you know, uh, half a dozen at once. <laughs> Depends on the day. Quarantine's definitely put a damper on our sex life, but oh yeah, um, and that's no fault of our own. You know, just I've just never been about that Skype life. I just can't do it. FaceTime maybe, but I just I always think I just worry Zuckerberg is watching. You know, oh he, which is, he definitely but, like, is because he doesn't blink. But like I'm into it. 
<laughs> it does it for you. <laughs> so, what, like I mentioned, our, our you know our nostalgia podcast. Check out right in the fields over at can'tbekilledcreations.com. Oh, and if you like it, you know, head over to patreon.com/slash/can'tbekilledcreations. Drop a buck or do, uh, you know, it helps keep the lights on, keeps chicken sandwiches in Chelsea's pocket, goes a long way. Um, but we did a Lindsay Lohan episode in honor of October third. Uh, the joke from Mean Girls, because you know. <laughs> This is what you do to make a splash on the internet, right? Yeah, you just follow the meme current. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, like we were talking about, like we had a couple Halloween themed episodes. We did one for Buffy. We just did one on like our favorite Halloween TV episodes. And we we're like, what about this other one? And Chelsea just says, she's like, two words, October 3rd. And I'm like, that is the date. You are correct. She's like, no, no, no. October 3rd. And she sends me the Mean Girls reference. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And what you would think would um, come after that is we do an episode about Lindsay Lohan, right? Um, no. So then your next thought is we would do an episode on Mean Girls, right? Definitely not. We talk about both of those things, but really what took up the hour and 16 minutes of that episode was me recapping the plot to Pollyanna. <laughs> the, the plot to what? Pollyanna. I'm unfamiliar. Okay. Well, you know that Lindsay Lohan starred on the Disney version of Parent Trap, right? Yes. Um, well, you know that that's a remake of the original Parent Trap, right? Yes. So the girl that starred in Parent Trap also starred in a movie, the original, starred in a movie called Pollyanna, based on a novel called Pollyanna. <laughs> And I'm going to okay. recap for you. And I'm, I'm sorry if you listen to a lot of our shows, which I strangely enough, I'm sure there's a few thousand of you that listen to all of them. Thank you so much for listening. We've blown up in the last couple of days and I really appreciate it. I apologize, but I'm going to recap Pollyanna for a second person on this network. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> apologize. They know what they're, gonna, they're what they're getting into. <laughs> OK, Dave, let me pitch you Pollyanna. OK, so you picture the girl from Parent Trap. Um, I can't remember and her you, name. You said she's from the original, right? Yeah, she's from the original Parent Trap, Haley Mills. Okay. Um, so, but there's only one of them. I don't know if you know this. She's not actually twins. There's just one girl. They 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 used movie magic to make it look like she was twins in Parent Trap. Hold on, what? Yeah, and if you didn't know, there's only one Lindsay Lohan too. There's not two for the the reboot. You're Parent fucking Trap. kidding me. <laughs> exactly right. Blows your mind. So this girl who not a twin, Haley Mills, <laughs> plays Pollyanna, and Pollyanna is just a ray of sunshine. And she moves to a town full of Mr. Grumpfishes. If you have kids, you understand. The oh, Bubba my God. So the, I got that reference. Right? <laughs> You've had to watch my kids. You understand. Yep. So so this is like, you know, uh, New England style, like 1900s. You know, everyone's got like the button collar. There's a there's a um, gazebo in the town square picture of the town from Gilmore Girls. In the twenties, basically. Okay. Okay. That so is. Like, that is. So, like, kind of Mary Poppins ish. Exactly. Let me let me look up what like exactly like exactly the same time as Mary Poppins, but in the Americas. What what year does Pollyanna take place? I gotta figure out. Yeah, it just says early nineteen hundreds, but yeah, you know, New England town, right? Yeah. So she moves. I think she's orphaned or some shit, and she moves in with her aunt, who's a dirty, rotten bitch, right? And turns out everybody in this town are dirty, rotten bitches because no one's getting laid. Everyone's unhappy and miserable. But Pollyanna is this ray of sunshine, and she starts bringing joy to the whole town. You know, they start playing music. 
uh, you know, th- there was a rule, no music, footloose style kind of thing. There wasn't, but <laughs> just picture that town, right? Mm-hmm. So she starts bringing joy back to the town. She gets her aunt laid and everyone starts hooking up. And there's going <laughs> to, that, that's like the whole plot of the movie, right? And everyone's happy. And then there's going to be this big festival. And right before the big festival, Pollyanna breaks her fucking legs. What? <laughs> she falls off her roof. <laughs> so, like, her doll is, like, possessed like Annabelle and just, like, falls out of her window or something. I can't remember. The The doll falls. She goes out on the roof to get it. And she falls off the roof, breaks her spine, can't walk anymore. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's, like, the end of the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sense, Pollyanna. Hold on, did I like have a stroke halfway through that description? Because their plot points were adding up, and then all of a sudden, there's just a chasm where the plot should be. Just breaks your legs at the end of the movie, and like the whole thing is they're like, they're like now everyone who she taught Joy is like, you need to be happy, and she's like, nothing to be happy about. I can't walk, and they're like, you're right. End of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's more to it, but that's what happens in Pauline. Oh my god. <laughs> Apparently there's a sequel to the book. Not there was never a Pollyanna 2, sadly. Pollyanna 2 <laughs> takes Manhattan. It never happens. Pollyanna gets her legs back. <laughs> Well, she does in the book. In the book, apparently, she heals from her devastating spinal injury from falling off the roof while everyone's fucking in the town square or whatever. (laughs) Are we sure this isn't a Stephen King movie? I mean, (laughs) it's taking place in a New England town, so it's got to be Stephen King, right? True, but there's just too much, like, ticker tape parade stuff going on. Like, there's definitely at least two or three people dressed as Uncle Sam, which might be wrong time period. But I remember there being a lot of red, white, and blue stuff towards the end. I mean, it still sounds like Stephen King to me. Right, there's some porcelain dolls. But anyways. Kids fucking in the the sewers? No, nothing like that. There's no sewers. I don't think think they made it that far. Um, uh, Anyway. So in the sequel, she apparently heals from it and there's another kid with crutches and she feels bad for that kid and needs to teach him joy again. So does she break his crutches? I'm sure that he breaks his legs again because I, I, I can't bring myself to read these books. But yeah, <laughs> check out Pollyanna like... and Pollyanna 2, more Pollyanna. It sounds like the beginning of like some crazy like pain cult where it's like you need to experience the closest the closest experience to death possible for you to experience the joy of life. What or like vice versa? You need to experience the joy of life and bring the joy of life to all these people before we take it away from you. Exactly. Uh, yeah, somebody definitely wished on a monkey paw to bring happiness to the town. <laughs> yeah, that is that that is some fucking Pleasantville shit. 100 percent, but i definitely recommend it i don't know when was the last time you watched a movie with Haley mills in it but she's a solid actress you go watch parent trap to uh, uh again like i was gonna say parent trap too and that's just confusing <laughs> i'm more reasons than one you know you got twins you got the reboot parent trap also bring back parent trap again terry you said they're not twins no but they're twins in the movie oh i'm that's kidding parent trap yeah god damn it dave <laughs> <sighs> but anyways uh yeah pollyanna go check it out um no nicholas cage no john travolta sadly um mm. not much i can do about that can't fix that so dave what are you watching these days 
Uh, not a whole lot. I've been going back to my roots and watching uh, the original Digimon Adventure series. Or Digimon's always good. Yeah. Go listen to our Digimon episode of Right in the Fields. Do you remember Tamagotchis? Oh, absolutely. So I was looking at Christmas gifts for the kids and we were putting together a whole list. They're finally at an age where they can handle Legos. Mm -hmm. So we're just loading up with with fucking Legos. And my daughter keeps wanting to play with my Digivice. And if you're not a Digimon fan or if you're not a weeaboo or if you don't just spend lots of money on stupid toys as an adult, then you don't know that if you want a Digimon Digivice that actually has the figures on it that do things like it's an actual like digital toy, it's hundreds of dollars, if not close to thousands of dollars. They are some of the most expensive nostalgia toys I think I've ever tried to track down. I got in and I, I luckily I bought one before like they blew up before like they stopped making them again during the 20th anniversary. I picked up one for like 60 bucks. Um, so I got lucky. Now the same one I have is worth like 500. Shit. So I don't let my daughter play with it. Right. And this is very disappointing for her. So, but Tamagotchis are coming back and you can pick one up for like $15. So if you want some 90s nostalgia, go pick yourself up a fucking Tamagotchi and listen to that thing. I don't know, beep at you because it's just shit on the floor or whatever Tamagotchis do. I mean, I could just uh, create a Neopets account. (laughs) That's different though. Neopets don't shit on the floor. Neopets go on like full fancy adventures now. (laughs) Not where they started. Where they started was kind of like a Tamagotchi thing with like the toys to life type add on. But where they are now, like if you want to play the, it's like, it's a full on MMO, man. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I dated a girl in high school who fucking loved Neopets. I remember thinking I was a nerd and I was like, I don't know if this girl's going to dig me. And she was like, Hey, just so you know, if you're coming over on Thursday, we're watching Hannah Montana. And also if you can, I need you to log into my Neopets account. <laughs> Oddly enough, I know exactly which girl you're talking about just by this description. Right. And I was like, you know what? We might be okay. We weren't spoilers. We weren't, but it was still interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I'm not that bad. Isn't that just the ending for everyone's high school experience? Spoilers, it wasn't okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a big part of it. I know, like, every once in a while, my wife will do something nerdy, and she'll, like, look at me like I'm going to judge her, and I do, for sure, because I'm awful. But then she just looks at my desk, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> He's okay. Because, <laughs> like, I'm just, like, covered with Power Rangers and Digimon. Uh my kids discovered like their love of Mario and Tetris recently. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's been playing a fuck ton of Tetris 99 with me. And oh, uh, geez. I don't know if you know this, Dave, I'm actually really good at Tetris 99 several. And I say really good. I've won several times. <laughs> Probably in the comparison of Tetris players. I'm not that good, but to the against the people I've played, I'm not too bad. I'm actually pretty good at Tetris. So I had a pretty good win count, right? And then my daughter starts playing it and I'm like trying to explain to her how to like fill up the blocks. You know, Tetris is a pretty simple concept. You you line them up and you fill up the row and they disappear. And and versus Tetris is just a little bit more complicated. When you fill up a row, it goes to your opponent. It's a pretty simple concept. And my daughter goes, OK, I understand. And then she proceeds to stack them all on top of each other and lose immediately. And I'm like, oh, you lost. That's OK. Try again. She's like, no, 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 daddy, you don't understand. I know how to play it right. I want to play it my way. <laughs> and her way is to just destroy my Katie. Like, she just like wants to see me lose. <laughs> so like she just like wants to stack all the blocks as high and as fast as possible. She's created her own meta game because Tetris itself, one of the most popular games of all times, just too boring for her. She yeah. had to mix it up. 
<laughs> Sounds like your kid. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I had to get over it a little bit because she has so much fun. My son also really enjoys just crashing my X-Wing um, in Star Wars Squadrons just into stuff. I'm like, oh, we can shoot down the other guys. And he actually, you know, he kind of understands the controls. They're kind of complicated, but he gets it. You move with the left stick, you know, thruster. He gets it. And he's like, mm, no, no, no. I just want to crash. into <laughs> the, Like, it blows up, Dad. That's, like, so cool looking. I'm like, oh, it would I'm, be cool looking. I mean, that's not what you're supposed to do? No, especially not when you have four other people counting on you not to do that. Oh. <laughs> uh, you playing anything fun lately? Uh... I mean, I <laughs> no. The answer is are, no. Do you mean video games or do you mean like not video games? <laughs> just remind me of like young Neil from Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> like, uh, like oh, what do you play? Question. <laughs> uh, yeah. In general, like, you play D and D. Uh, Pathfinder, actually. Okay. God forbid. Jeez, I'm like a old like I'm like a grandma asking if you play the Nintendos. <laughs> they hand you like a PlayStation game for your birthday. You playing them Nintendos? No, grandma, it's a goddamn Famicom. I'm sorry. <laughs> that I would accept Nintendo if I'm playing the Famicom. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm playing like the Sega like Dreamcast and she's like, Nintendo, man, Mario is really like lightening up and I'm playing like Sonic Adventure too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've we've been playing a lot of Pathfinder, and honestly, like Pathfinder's kind of ruined me as far as like uh, RPG video games because like mm-hmm. I'm always there for the role play part of it. Like I want to be the character, I want to have my own like personal storyline, and you just don't get that same level of depth with like video games, which I understand why. Like logistically, it's impossible, right? But- it's not even just depth; it's just agency, right? Yeah. Like, especially if you play like a JRPG. We, I have this conversation with our our GM of of a lot of our games. Our friend John is like, if you love D and D, it's hard to play anything that's a facsimile of it because it it's just so different. Like, like we were talking about this. Like, you, like I don't want to. I'm not going to throw shade. There's a very popular video game that I think is very good, and the internet thinks is very good. And you were like, I'm not a fan necessarily. And like I when you say that, I'm like, I understand because that game takes away a lot of choice from you. And you're like, the main thing I love doing right now is this thing where I have all of the choices possible in the world, because that's yeah. the thing I think people like misunderstand. Like you don't play D&D just because you want dragons and fireballs, which you totally do. It's fucking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. that's why you play role playing games to a certain extent. But really what it is, it's just the biggest game of make believe possible. Yes, it because is. there's a few rules, but really it's just like. I want to do the crazy thing and then you get to roll dice and someone says, yes, that happens or no, it doesn't. And the the magic moments that happen when like your storyline that you've come up with in your head intersects so perfectly with another player's storyline. It's fucking beautiful, crazy, random happenstance that you just cannot plan. Right. And I think that's like, like, like the difference where a lot of players are. It's like, oh, like that sounds silly and it totally can be and that's a lot of fun of playing D sometimes it's just to be silly or pathfinder or whatever tabletop rpg you're doing but there's also like a certain level of storytelling that you just can't get because a game is made for lots of people even if it's a subset of a subset of a subset a super niche game it's still made to cater to a lot of people enough to sell copies to lots of people. Whereas in a D and D game or pathfinder or whatever cyberpunk game you're playing, it's made for those five people sitting at the table. Oh yeah. 
and there's just nothing to be like i know like i love it because like when i gm stuff for you like you're my biggest fan right you're like oh it's so cool that we did this or whatever and i'm like yeah but i made that specifically for dave <laughs> yes no like like my mind is always like i want to play with terry because he makes the craziest fucking stories that i always love and it's just an insane fucking time right but if i showed that to anybody else they'd be like this is the worst fucking story i've ever heard <laughs> like this guy writes for a living <laughs> like well yeah but like i made that for dave <laughs> it's like you like make someone's favorite dish and then your girlfriend eats it and she's like this tastes like shit and you're like well you know terry really likes garlic <laughs> oh my god you want ramen with that garlic terry okay so i guess quick aside one time I was like, I'm going to make authentic ramen for everybody. You know, it's noodles from scratch. I got all the toppings. It's going to serve it. You got to eat it fast. It's really good. I love making like real ramen, right? And all the time set it up. The one thing I messed up is I never made a batch this big for this many people. I make it for two people. Never made it for like 10, which is how many people we had over. And I wasn't thinking. And I was looking at my recipe notes and it was like two cloves of garlic. And if you don't know what a clove of garlic is. It's not. It's not a whole thing of garlic. That's a head of garlic. Clove yeah, it, of garlic. It, it is not a bulb of garlic. It is one segment of that. <laughs> one segment. Like if you're smashing those little segments of garlic, that's a clove. Well, listen. <laughs> so when my recipe said two cloves of garlic, I put in two heads of garlic. And if you don't know, if you've never had extreme garlic, gar garlic becomes extremely. Uh, abrasive, I guess, is a nice way to put it. It tastes like shit if you use too much. <laughs> it turns it, spicy. It, like, destroys taste buds. It, it's got a burn to it. It literally will burn you. And to my friend's credit, they ate it. And uh, <laughs> Dave and Jordan and a few of our other friends no longer can taste them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still love garlic. <laughs> it's really good, right? But uh, yeah. when I cook it, but I tell you what now made some really good ramen sense i tell you what <laughs> oh man <sighs> so i've discovered tiktok yeah have you discovered tiktok yet dave no my phone so, does not have the memory to handle any more apps you need to man <laughs> i don't want more shit on my phone <laughs> Just thinking of uh, pillow talking. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, you need TikTok because here's the thing. I, you know, I'm an old curmudgeon. I don't do the social media. If anyone follows any of our social media accounts, you know, I don't do it very well. Because um, I'm just not a fan. Like, I, I have my friends. I like them. And I like our fans. If you want to message me on any social media platform, I'll listen. But other than those two groups of people, I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, I follow some celebrities because I want to see what they're up to or they make me laugh or whatever. But for the most part, I'm not a big social media guy. But I liked Vine back in the day. I discovered Vines on YouTube because I'm an old man. I didn't watch them on the Vine app. Like, oh, these are funny. They're short. They're really inventive. They force people out of their box creatively. This will be really cool. And then Vine went away because, again, I came very late to the party. But that's all TikTok is. TikTok is just Vines with a very, very simple user setup so they can add any sort of audio they want. Often music. It was created for music. But people have taken it and gone way, way further than that. But the genius of it isn't just that they copied Vine, isn't just that it's super easy to use. Their algorithm for what they feed you is the best I've ever seen. 
So everything does that. You watch a show on Netflix, they give you five more shows that are like that show or what they think is like that show or what they think you'd like based on that show that you watched or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But inevitably, it goes off the rails. They start feeding you. They're like, oh, you watched this one show where, you know, somebody kissed. Now here's this basically porno. It's like, well, that's not, that's a big leap, right? Like, that's not quite yeah. what I was going for. But Netflix makes that leap for you sometimes. <laughs> like, it just decides. They're like, here are steamy scenes. I'm like, well, this mo- one movie I watched had a steamy scene. I didn't just want to watch steamy scenes, but I guess that's what I'm watching today. Um, like, hey, uh, we, we saw that you liked that one episode of Riverdale where that kid kissed the teacher. Well, here's here's a, here's a link to Pornhub. Just you know, slide that into your slide that right into your Gmail. Go 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 check that out. That's how a lot of things feed you, but but TikTok is really on it. It's like, here is three other things by that creator that you liked a video of or who you follow. Here's some people that they also follow or make similar content based on these things, but also the sound that they use. So if there's a trend that you liked, if you think it's really funny, here's four more videos that make the same joke similarly, you know, and it just it feeds you exactly what you want to see. And if you don't like a video, you don't see more of that shit. Um, to the point where it's super segmented, right? Like there's like people make jokes of the X TikTok, like uh, D&D TikTok. You've now made it to RPG TikTok and you just see lots of RPG TikToks because that's the shit that you like. And similar to Facebook, you get caught in an echo chamber. But because the videos are so short and there are so many of them and you, like most creators upload to, you know, four to five videos a day because of the way that their algorithm works and what their pay rate is. It's a fascinating platform. And again, as an old curmudgeon who is like, oh, I'm not doing that. I've been on TikTok. And when I have 30 minutes or whatever, I don't scroll through my Facebook feed. I scroll through TikTok. And I thought it would be super dumb. And I can't recommend it enough, Dave, as an old man. As an old white man, check out TikTok. All right. (laughs) Uh, That's my rant. (laughs) I know I told you I wouldn't recommend you things anymore, but you'd be surprised that you would like TikTok. Hey, man, go for it. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm i already going for it. I need you to take the leap because I can't enjoy things if nobody else does. <laughs> I, mean, I feel what, like what, that's just self-destructive. It's self-destructive. It's what my uh, therapist calls codependent, and it's what I call existing. Um, I say it's a lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, well, you should be able to sit in a room by yourself with only your thoughts. And I say, Doc, you don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, that is just never a good choice. No, no, mistakes were made for sure, but they don't know that. It's fine. Ah, oh, so on a comic book note, let's go full nerdy. Let's just lean into this episode. We've talked about all the other nerdy stuff. Have you been reading any comic books lately? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading um, Scott Pilgrim and I had to stop myself because I just as soon as I finished a volume, I would just buy the next one. And I'm like, hold on, I've, I've spent like 40 bucks in like a day. I can't keep doing this. Yeah, they, so, but the good thing is there's not that many volumes of Scott Pilgrim. What are they, right, four? Right. Um, I mean, I thought there were like nine books. Well, nine books, but I guess how many, I guess, uh, let, let's see. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world uh, volumes. Let's go to the Wikipedia page. There are six. Oh, okay. So you're both wrong by a lot. <laughs> because math is hard, okay? Oh, yeah. for sure. If, if D&D has taught me anything, it's math is hard. I mean, I, I fully support it. I think you should buy it on your own. But what I can do, I can just give you my comicsology account, and I own all of them. 
Nah, nah, you're, you're good. You're good. Uh, it's because it's worth it's worth binging for sure. I, I yeah, you know, I, like, I, I'm I've sure already you got know. my account signed in, and it's it's just hard to <laughs> sign out and sign in as someone else. It's it's too much, really. <laughs> That's what the way we were talking about this before we started recording. Like, I love you so much, but you're <laughs> like, if I'm an old curmudgeon, or it's, but I just like like everything. Like everyone knows my taste can't be that discerning if I know every single reference. <laughs> like, let's talk about Pollyanna for 25 minutes, right? Not exactly the most like critically discerning individual. Yours are the exact opposite. It's like if there is any sort of barrier entry, you're like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, well, you just if you open that door, you're like, well, I gotta open the door. Fuck this, like. <laughs> i mean shit life will do that to you <laughs> and that's the thing like, like, like you're like no you can still recommend me things i'm like it's a dangerous <laughs> that's a dangerous way for me because the like my anxiety i'm like dave check out this thing and you're like nah i can't do it fucking hated it i'm like oh oh no you're like no it's fine man i, I, I don't hold it against you i'm like you don't understand <laughs> i hold it against me and i will die in two seconds exactly exactly <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like I handed you a weight, but if you like it, that weight turns to gold and like, you know, it can pay your way. And if you don't like it, you hand that weight back to me, but it's not gold for me anymore. It's now chained to my ankle (laughs) and I'm being drugged down to the abyss. Jesus, that's bleak. (laughs) Fuck. And that's why I'm like, and the, the other thing too is like, because like, it's just our friend group. Like when it comes to my tastes and I guess like other people, <laughs> I'm like other people like the things I like, but are like to our credit, I'd say we're a pretty diverse group of people when it comes to our tastes. So like, I know like you liked X, but our friend Jordan wouldn't like Y or whatever. Like you guys are pretty specific and discerning. Like I said, I'm more general. I like most things guy of the group. So like, there are times where I get caught in this echo chamber of like, well, why, why does everybody around me hate this thing? And I talk to any other human being and they're like, no, that thing's great. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and it's not validation because I don't care. I like what I like. I don't need other people to like it for me to enjoy it. I need other people to like it so I know I'm not on an island. <laughs> for some reason, it just like buries me down deep. I'm like, oh God, why does everyone hate me? And they're like, no one said anything about hating you. We just don't like the comic book Invincible. And I'm like, no, you said you hate me and I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I rewatched recently? Uh, no, season, I don't. <laughs> season three of Legend of Korra. Oh yeah, it's really. I just rewatched Korra as well. Um, I was just. I needed something kind of. I wouldn't say uplifting, but I just needed to. That world is just so comforting to me. Yeah, it's it's just like you just needed something lighter. Yeah, kind of. And like, I love it because like the martial arts is amazing. You know me and my martial arts kicks. Like, I need. If someone's not learning a new technique, it's like, why am I watching this show? <laughs> oh, totally. So like I, I love that show and I love Korra. I know a lot of people don't like Korra as much as you know the original uh The Last Airbender, uh, but it's it's still good, I think. I, I think it's still underrated. People are kind of mean to that world. I don't think it's as good as Avatar, but it's still really good. Yeah, continuity wise, it kind of hurts itself in a few places, but tonally and like emotionally it does very good. I mean, when you say continuity it hurts itself, do you just more mean where like it doesn't it doesn't connect things as well as the original did. Yes. And I don't think it like, it doesn't retcon anything in my opinion. Like, I don't think it like changes the past or anything like that. It, it kind of does with avatar one. Oh, okay. Do they do a lot? I guess I don't really remember too many references to him in the first one. 
I, I mean, like there were no references to him in the first one, but it was just the the way that they had established that uh, how bending had like happened and how it was just a natural thing that happened in the world. Mm-hmm. But Avatar Wan's whole thing is that he like that story basically twists it and makes it so that bending was never really a thing that was supposed to happen. It just. But that's like, that's not changing continuity as much as you're just finding out the truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like when we found out dinosaurs had feathers, right? Like, and I and I get that, but it, it's 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 not so much the the changing of the continuity itself; it's the changing of the tone of the world, kind of like yeah. Like, I get like, that. I, I, other, I can see where people went out like that. Other people have said my point in much better ways than I have. No, but no, but no, I get what you're saying, though. Like when you said like that, I thought you might have meant like it caused error. So I was like, no, it doesn't. But I get what you're saying. It was more like, no, this world it was like, oh, it was like this natural thing that sprung up. Now they're saying like it was unnatural. And I think that just kind of goes to like what Cora was kind of showing, which was like, this is a different vibe for sure. And I think yeah. that's why some people when you watch it, it's like, oh, this is a very different thing because it is. I still think it's like an uplifting anime in comparison to most other anime worlds. Yeah, I, I will still say that the the Avatar one episodes were honestly some of my favorite of the whole. Well, yeah, series. that's the thing I was like when you're like, oh, OK, I get what you're saying, but, but like I, I worth it, in my opinion, like, yeah, so amazing. And like, I, I just love that world in general to the point where like whenever I need to, I was like trying to find something more lighthearted to watch. So I watched all of Dragon Prince, which is really good. Similar studio, yes. a lot of connecting connective tissue there. Um, you like Dragon Prince too? Yeah, I was I was really not into it for like the first season and a half, but once we got to the narcoleptic nar- narcoleptic pirate, I was fucking <laughs> in. That is a pretty silly moment. I was I, I was not as critical of it like through the most part. It's like the first episode I tried watching when it first came out, and me and my wife were like, "Man, eh, this just wasn't just wasn't hitting it for us, right?" Mm-hmm. And then I watched it when season two came out. When season two was airing, I was like, "I really want to get into this show." I love that it's like a similar group of people making it. A lot of the similar voice actors, straight up like the same voice actors playing the same types of characters in a lot of um, <laughs> um, instances. So I was like, I, I really want to give it a second chance. And we gave it a second chance and we fucking loved it. We watched it with our kids. They fucking loved it. And I love that show. I, I don't know when or if we're even getting a fourth season, sadly. Oh, no, they have confirmed they're doing the entire fucking series. Like, like because- Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, this this is just like the first chapter. Oh, for sure. And I know yeah. that because like originally when they signed on, like they did the thing that like not it's confusing, but James Cameron Blue People Avatar did, which was like, hey, we made a season of this and now we're signed on to do everything. I just wasn't sure if that was still confirmed because yeah. at the same time they said that they were also like every season that we make it, we're also going to make a video game to go along with it. And that didn't happen. Yeah, they uh had a comic-con panel recently and everything seemed oh were they at new york comic-con i didn't it wasn't wasn't new york it was it was previously oh before covid yeah it was a okay well it it was like the last one during covid it wasn't new york it was the one before i think it was because they canceled san diego but it might not have been comic-con yeah but but it was but it was it was a a big con a online panel that they did yeah but i mean either way like, like I'm excited that they're doing more than because I love that show and so much so like now because I went through all that and I still need something more uplifting because it's like I edit all these podcasts I'm writing all these comic books and like I I need something that doesn't tax my brain not that these shows aren't deep or anything but I'd say they're they're light in comparison to some stuff mm-hmm. Um, so I was like I'm gonna watch Voltron and I'm loving Voltron I think that's a very similar tone 
uh even a little bit lighter for sure like there's not nearly as much nuance to it but it's still really fun again i think it's the same studio a lot of a lot of voltron is very good i have issues with it but it is for sure but like even like like i said like like even though like i said it's a little bit lighter um and stuff it still has some really cool stuff like i didn't I guess I, I saw it coming because I had heard some stuff, but I didn't know how well they did their their like uh their trans storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers. I'm not going to say who or what, but there's a really good trans storyline in there that I just wasn't expecting, I guess, even though I knew. And I was like, oh, damn, this is handled really well. And just like some of like just like the googly eyes, some of the characters make at each other. I'm like, this is it's giving me serious Avatar vibes, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely in that style. And I I think it suffers from them at first trying to make every character funny like Sokka. Yeah, but... 100%. Every every single character. Even the like the two serious characters. Yep. I didn't like, like uh, it was Shiro and Keith, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, you got Lance. He's he's like a Sokka stand-in. He's making fun of people's mullets. Okay, I get it. And then they also started crying. I'm like, this is almost Gilmore Girls level of everyone is just super witty and making jokes the whole time. I'm like, yeah, okay, which, this which is too also, much. Also, Keith is the voice of Mako from Korra. Ah! That's funny. <laughs> uh, I, I again, I, I like all that stuff. I've been enjoying a lot of lighthearted anime, and that counteracts the other thing I've been watching while writing, which is Into the Badlands. Have you watched that at all? No, but I think you've told me about it. It's like post-apocalyptic martial arts. Yeah. So I put off watching it for a long time. Like I just recently got into the series because I I had seen it on AMC, and even though like, this is the thing, I I love corny, campy, cheesy super tropey martial arts movies it's my favorite fucking thing in the world so when this show came out and it was exactly that uh, for some reason i was like Mm-mm, not for me it was like the most no offense dave it was the most dave moment i had had in a while <laughs> <laughs> i was just like nah no all the things i like psh, not watching that i couldn't do it and then recently i'm like looking for something to watch i have a couple of projects that had deadlines so i just need something on in the background so i'm not distracted like which sounds counterintuitive but that's the way i work i need something just droning out the rest of the world while i work on my projects so i was like let's put on like a martial arts thing so i can just look over see some dope fight scenes and (laughs) put on into the badlands and this is my favorite show of all time the best thing i've ever seen dude <laughs> so like it is post-apocalyptic like let me give you the pitch on into the Badlands again i know i already did but let me give you another one so it's post-apocalyptic right so there was our world it's post-apocalyptic to our world there was our world and for some reason it ended right mm-hmm. and it starts up again with all the technology that looks cool <laughs> that's the best way i can explain it so like there aren't a lot of cars but motorcycles are dope so we have motorcycles <laughs> but not like not like harley davison's like we're talking like james dean riding a motorcycle like cool roadster looking thing okay (laughs) right so like no windshields to be found no choppers (laughs) just the roadster styles okay so so you have those right and the world starts rising up again and it's in america this one takes place in america somewhere in flyover country basically you don't know exactly where, but that's where you get the hint of it. A lot of like uh, plantation looking buildings and shit. And the country is divided up with all these barons who own like, like, like control large swaths of land. 
and it's separated into like YA type like like segments. There's like you have the rich people who live with the barons, and then you have the cogs because they're cogs in the wheel, and they're like the commoners that serve the barons. Oh, <laughs> but okay. on top of all of that, all of the barons agreed like hundreds of years ago that if the world's gonna rise up again to stop it from ending, we have to outlaw guns, not violence, not war, just outlaw guns. So there, so all fights are done with martial arts, <laughs> and this is where the show just takes off. This is the genius of it. So you understand, okay? So there's no guns. That's the one hurdle you gotta jump over, right? Second one, it's post-apocalyptic, um, but they have some technology. Basically, whatever looks cool. That's the rule. And then you have these barons fighting for territory, and it follows, uh, again, very YA, these hitmen that work for the barons, and they're called Clippers, because they gotta have a cool name. Very anime, also. Like, YA and anime have a lot of the same things, where it's like, everything's gotta have a cool noun. It's gotta be a cool, proper noun. Um, So you follow these Clippers, and then from there it's every episode gets more and more super wire fighting martial arts it starts as just kind of subtle you have some cool blades and black widow s style fighting in fact there's a character with red hair who is a major murderer and she's one of the barons called the widow and she's just a black widow 100 she was trained from a young age to have all these skills to murder people um as you do as you do as one does right so Every episode starts to get more and more martial arts. So it starts the, 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 you know, the fighting is impressive, but not outlandish. By episode three, you have full on wire fights, right? So the main character, Sonny, is like full on bulletproof monk, like flying through the air, doing twists. But it's done really well. All of the fight scenes are amazing. There's lots of gore for it being on AMC, which is a cable network, but not a, like a TVMA, you know, like there's no boobs on AMC. Let's put yeah, it that I... way. I, I know you and I know your taste in martial arts. So I, I know that when you say something you like has wire fighting, it's good wire fighting. Right. Yeah, the thing is like I'm so I'm so picky with it. Like I, I the only thing I think that handles wire fighting well is Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. <laughs> Cause that's just not my style. I grew up watching Bruce Lee movies and he's not about that. But the wire fighting this is amazing. And they keep hinting towards like very like water world esque, like this was the world before, and there's possibly a city of light on the other side. If we could just escape together, we could get there, right? So Sonny, the clipper, the mercenary, he takes on a young ward who has seen this city, right? They're all gonna escape together. It's super shonen-y, right? They're gonna escape, and he's training them how to fight. And as he's training them how to fight, it goes full on, like even <laughs> even more outlandish. The kid has superpowers. Oh shit. If he gets cut, a demon possesses him. (laughs) So not not only is it like our world post-apocalyptic, like just like martial arts movie, then they add wire fighting. Now there's full on magic. So it's a full on just just straight up like Journey, Journey to the West style martial arts show with motorcycles. And it just gets so good as it goes and it's got tons of games uh, games of throny type like people overthrowing their baron and political fights and and shit like that like straight up there's just somebody who looks exactly like natalie dormer playing the exact same character natalie dormer played on game of thrones <laughs> and not done as well obviously no which, offense which one which character was natalie dormer uh she's from house tyrell she marries joffrey and Joffrey's oh, okay. little brother. Yeah. I can't remember her character's name. Um, I just remember Natalie Dormer being fucking awesome. Um, 
but yeah, the, basically, clone even wears the same exact clothes as her. Oh man, yeah. But it's just this; it just gets sillier and sillier every single episode they added to it. And like I didn't see any of it coming, and it shouldn't go together at all. Like, and it probably doesn't. If you watch this, and you're like, "Oh, this guy recommended it to me," you probably don't won't like it. <laughs> but I fucking love it. It's a perfect show. Ten out of ten. I'm going to binge watch all of it. I've only seen one and a half seasons so far but i that was in one day uh what what platform is it on uh it's all on netflix okay cool you can binge watch the entire series on netflix i will uh, but probably give it a try if i can remember yeah if you can and like i said don't ex- it's not the most riveting thing there is really good character drama and it's really well acted but just watch it for the silly fucking amazing fight scenes and occasional again i watch it like i watch an anime like the fight scenes are amazing um i would say the voice acting but like the acting is pretty good and the storylines are pretty general right like it's just a loose like here is a loose storyline to go on in between the filler and (laughs) that's how i watch it. i basically watch it fight scene to fight scene and it's just deep enough where i'm like this is dope man so yeah (laughs) watch into the badlands all right i might actually give that a shot yeah, it's, I wanted to give it a second pitch because now I love it. Because before I just told you, I'm like, this show is crazy, man. You might need to check it out. And now I've actually seen all of it. And I'm like, oh, my God. This yeah, no, I, most I, of it. I got to get in the right mindset, but I could totally be down for some silly shit. That, you know, like I said, like wind down, get yourself a scotch and like and get ready to do something else and have it on. Like I background is a bad way to put on anything with fight scenes. But yeah. I don't know. The show is just perfect for it. And sometimes while I'm watching it, I'm reading a new comic book um by a really really talented team they some of them works at work at uh GameSpot, and a few of them they used to do wwe comics it's called beast heart strikers have you heard of this comic no so really weird like they they made their own um they made their own uh publishing company to put it out so it's fully indie um but it's basically tokusatsu the comic book so like you, you if, if you like attention. right if you like super sentai power rangers common rider whatever your flavor is of that it is just that in comic book form but with the art style of like lumberjanes oh yeah like uh, cartoony is the wrong like it's cartoony but it, i don't know there's just something warm and like inviting about that type of art style it's just like super endearing to look at and uh i mean if I gave you the pitch, you'd be like, that sounds like Power Rangers. It is. It's like Power Rangers mixed with Mystic Knights. Yeah. It, um, back to the art style. It's almost like Gravity Falls, but less Cal arts. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more uh, appropriate anatomy. Um, yeah. Like I said, like Lumberjanes or. Uh, I, I can't. I, there's a million other things that look like Lumberjanes, but that's always the one I go to. But yeah, it's it's cartoony in, in a really good way. And um, I actually talked to a couple of the team members. I'm going to try to get them on right in the field. So they were really, really nice guys. Um, and they just they love the, they love the book. It's a super like passion project for them. Because like I said, they've done WWE comics and they, they, they all have other jobs. But this was like, we want to make Power Rangers the comic book, but not Power Rangers the comic book. That's and awesome. they've, they've succeeded. And it's really fun. It's it's really funny, but also it's it, it fits power rangers better than the power rangers comic does because power rangers the show originally is super campy right super cheesy Mm -hmm. and the comic book's not that 
the comic book treats it seriously and it works for it, right? That, that is a really good comic. Even if you don't like Power Rangers, I recommend Power Rangers, the comic book, all, all 15 of them. Now it's just a solid series. Yeah. Whereas in Beast Heart Strikers leans into that campiness, that cheesiness, and it's way more endearing for it. Like it's definitely a lighter read for sure. But like the combat's still fun, but it's it's more of a cartoon come to life than Power Rangers the comic, which is like, let's just make this for people who are, you know, twenty-seven now. <laughs> which is how I feel the comic book is for Power Rangers. Man, that sounds awesome. You need to send me a link because I will forget and I do not want to forget that. I will send you a link. It is it is solid. Like I said, I've talked to the people that make it. They're really cool. That's just my my subtle uh, plug of, hey, guys, talk to me more. <laughs> <laughs> we have an audience now. I can whoever listens, to, you know, all 13000 people. Last I checked that listen to this for some reason. <laughs> Check out yeah. Beast Heart Strikers. Number one. There's something wild about knowing that someone out there actually listens to my voice once or twice. Yeah, I apologize that I've I've done this to you. Yeah. I can't believe you've done this. I mean, I I appreciate it. I'm happy that we have followers and listeners and people who actually give a damn, maybe. That that might be too much. but Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard from a lot of them yet, so I don't know if they give a damn. But they're definitely listening either way. And I appreciate all of you. uh but yeah like they started to blow up. I've been working on a few comic book projects and they were mentioned on a couple of like uh forums and stuff so they started to blow up that way also we got in on the amazon podcast project a little bit before some other people so we started to blow up over there if you were curious you're like how come like i never heard of you before or whatever a lot of it was i was part of the amazon podcast pilot before they launched it recently so our podcast which weren't super popular might have been the first one you saw when you opened up the, the podcast channel on your amazon music app which oh. there weren't a lot on there at first. So you're like, oh, hey, they have podcasts here. What what podcasts? Well, there's 12, you know? <laughs> so like it was pretty easy to find us in comparison. You go to, you know, Apple Podcasts now and like, well, we're not even ranked on any chart, even after the growth. So we got lucky in a few different ways. So I just, I appreciate all the new listeners. I hope you enjoy me and Dave's crazy rambling. It only gets crazier if you look at our backlog or if you keep listening. Yeah, it, it only gets, I mean, with. Would you say you make the fires worse or better? Well, it it depends on how hot you like it, right? <laughs> yeah. It depends on are you pyro or are you Iceman? Like that's really that's really what it comes down to. To bring it back to another comic book reference. So, oh, Dave, let, let's let's uh let's speaking bring it back of, in. I right, speaking of X Men. <clears throat> oh God. I've been really wanting to rewatch the uh, 90s X-Men series. Oh, like the TV series? Yeah. Ooh, okay. So good choice for sure. Um, But I'll counter offer this. Just watch the YouTube compilation of Wolverine yelling morph. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to fucking say it. (laughs) There's so many of them. More. So here's the thing, the morph meme. If you if you follow anything, even remotely sounds like this, like like kind of funny, makes fun of it a lot. If you follow them over on YouTube, if you don't, definitely do it. Um, but the meme going around for a long time was just Wolverine going to do something and instead he just yells morph. Because that was a character. Morph is an X-Man character and he was featured prominently. Here's the thing. In only two episodes of the animated series. He's in the first episode, and then he's in like season two. <laughs> for one episode yeah well I mean, they, 
they did a brave thing for a 90s cartoon. They just like straight up killed off a character. They killed off Morph in the first fucking episode. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, as a small child when that came out, that fucking wrecked me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was just kind of sitting there like, what, ha- what happened to him? Where'd he go? He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, where's Morph? Well, I love Morph. Where's the Morph action figure? No, no action figure for Morph because he was in one episode, you dumb, stupid kid. And then you pick up an X-Men comic because, you know, you love that show. And your mom goes, I don't know if you should read this. And you go, why? And you open it up and fucking Cyclops <laughs> like murders three people. You're like, oh, I guess I guess X-Men is bad. I guess X-Men, yeah. is, X-Men um, murders you, people. You just reminded me of a childhood memory I had. Um, when you said Morph as an action figure, I did have an X-Men action figure. It was not Morph. It was Cyclops, but it was a fucking Transformer. <laughs> what did it transform into? A goddamn rocket ship. <laughs> Cyclops well, turned into a rocket ship. Well, um, uh, actually, it makes sense because his father was the leader of the Space Pirates, the Star Jammers. So listen uh, here, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know if it was the Star Chairs, but his dad definitely was a space pirate. It, if I remember, you, you were you were correct. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, just saying, there's some connective tissue there. Was there anything crazier than the '90s X-Men? Like, obviously, '90s Spider-Man was more convoluted, but the '90s X-Men, even I get like, let's go further back. Let's say '80s um, X-Men is just like off the rails. <laughs> yeah, X-Men is insane. But like, even like, you look at those '90s cartoons. That's probably where my my first love of like dark plots and stuff go to. Like we we were talking about before this, and you're like sometimes this the stuff that I recommend. You're like it's 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 too dark sometimes. You're like you know we're in quarantine. There's a pandemic. People are dying. It's just like how do you watch this stuff? It's because I started watching shows like fucking X Men. You know where they kill more from the first episode. I'm usually right there with you with a dark storyline and like, but just. Life has gotten dour, man. Like fuck. I get it, but I've known nothing else because you know you segue from X Men, then Spider Man comes out, and you're like, oh, lighthearted romp. No, his life is horrible. Mary Jane gets sent through a portal because they thought this is less stark than her dying. Which you know, I get it. Like you kill Gwen Stacy in the comic books, maybe kids don't need to see that. Gwen Stacy's not really in the show, so it's like Mary Jane. Well, we're gonna k- kill Mary Jane. Well, we can't kill Mary Jane because you know that's too dark for kids. Okay, let, what if we send her through a portal and he never sees her again and never finds out what happens to her? And then instead of just letting it lie there, let's introduce a clone and then kill the clone. Yeah, I was I was gonna say instead of never seeing her again, <laughs> he actually does see her again, and then she turns into fucking water, water, and just disappears. Yeah, so Morph dies, Mary Jane fucking disappears into another dimension and then dies. And then, like, that's only those two shows. What about the rest of that cinematic universe? Fantastic Four, half the world gets destroyed by mole people. You watch the Silver Surfer, his entire planet is gone. He can never return to his long-lost love. You watch the Hulk, he's never allowed to talk to Betty Ross. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) Marvel just wanted to kill me. You mentioned Fantastic Four and how fucked up they can be. The first, like, three Fantastic Four comic books I ever owned were super fucked up. Uh, in one, there's like this big superhero team up and the, I don't don't ever ask me what number these comics are. I will never remember. It was like 390 something. I was going to say it's definitely super high if you were reading it in the 90s. If yeah. It was contemporary. But like uh, in one of them, Silver Surfer gets fucking atomized. Like you see his his skeleton like he's just fucking turned into nothing. That sounds right. Yeah. And that fucked my head as a kid <laughs> because I didn't know that superheroes could die. 
And then they did. Um, also in uh, another one, I think this was probably the first boob I ever saw. Oh, score. Um, I mean, it was weird. There was this weird, like, Satan-ish guy who took over the Baxter building, and he wanted okay. to fulfill some dark prophecy involving the Fantastic Four, and he wanted to... I, I don't know what he wanted to do, but there was a lot of satanic imagery and uh, this one monk girl turned into gold and she was just naked. Okay. Was she and, naked in the comic books? Yeah. Marvel comic book. Yes. And boob. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. It's the thing they did. We already had the comics code by the 90s. They'd broken I've, it a few times, but usually not for boobs. Marvel, I mean, Fantastic Four? Are you sure? I think you're just, I think you're putting on a nipple. I think there was no nipple. That could be it, but like there was a lot of flesh exposed. Which America, man, you gotta love America. It's not boob if no nipple. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's the rules here. <laughs> Them's the rules. I, I heard like fucking Watto from Star Wars <laughs> say that. That's my IGN commenter voice that they used to do on all of their podcasts. <laughs> it's like a mixture of that and like Putnam Whipple. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, but I get what you're saying. Like they were super messed up. And I think that's partly why, like we always talk about like why I'm so willing to put time into stuff. Like I'm the guy where it's like, oh, this show doesn't get good till season three. I'm like, I guess I'm watching till season three. Whereas in like you know like you it's like oh this doesn't get good to season three you're like I do not have the wherewithal to do that <laughs> and yeah, I think I mean, it's because it, of it, what I started reading it depends on how bad it is at the beginning because if it's in how good it gets bad, to season three right yeah but like I think it's because my first comic books right around this time I was reading Teen Titans like you know it was, it was like the newer version and Spider Man and the Clone Saga. And it was like, if you wanted to start reading this stuff, you really had to put in the time and work because there was four million crossovers that all mattered to the plot. And the plot made no sense, even if you read all of the crossovers and they didn't know where they were going with it. But I was st sticking with it because it was the first comic books I fucking read. So why wouldn't I? So like, even though all these characters are dying, which they murder a lot of people, including off panel Spider-Man's child, but never mentioned again, um, a person that is basically spider-man you think it might be a clone you don't know just a skeleton you never find out what happens to him he was just in some concrete like like he pissed off the kingpin and tossed him into cement you don't know what happens there Jesus. all the clones of spider-man spider-man himself mary jane uh <laughs> just the list can keep going they murdered everyone you can think of and it made no sense probably why what? i also watched passions and days of our lives for so long what wasn't the whole thing with that skeleton though like like kane another uh, Spider-Man clone was trying to make sure that Peter had a good life or something like so he was like killing all the things that could be bad around him no see that happens later on oh okay <laughs> that's My a bad. different plot <laughs> <laughs> after Kane was bad for a long time oh yeah it makes no sense uh Kane by the way and Ben Riley both alive now and and also kind of written off in Marvel continuity at the moment yeah I mean, there's there's already a thousand spider people. Yeah, it's it's so weird. It's it's very 90s, in my opinion, of where it exists now. Like I was just reading a, a, a book and it was the whole spider family, just straight up bat family asking like Spider-Man was needing help. And who shows up by happenstance? Miles Morales. So it's like and he's also Spider-Man. Still no different name. He's just Spider-Man. Um, 
So it's like, okay, cool. It's like he's got a sidekick now, which I've always wanted. I even liked Alpha, which most people hated. But if you read it in trade paperback, I, I still maintain it's a really good fucking story. Um, but Spider-Man is a sidekick. Okay, that's cool. Okay, then Spider-Woman shows up. There's a new Spider-Woman, by the way. So Spider-Woman shows up. Okay, a little bit of a, a stretch. And then the old Spider-Woman shows up. Okay, that's a lot of people. <laughs> and then Silk shows up. You're like, who the fuck is Silk? I don't know. But she also has spider powers. <laughs> and it's like keeps going cat, but Spider. But Spider. <laughs> it's like oh what if we introduce a character that's like a foil like she's attracted to spider-man because they both have like you know like spider sense and and she robs people like okay like black hat like no no no, you don't understand she also has the powers of a spider uh, okay yeah okay anything else she used to be a bad guy okay so black cat <laughs> but spider but Spider. But actually, you know, I've read some of Silk's comics. She's actually a pretty cool character. It's just like when you look at it top level, all of these Spider characters, you're like, they're very similar, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, same thing could be lobbied at Batman. But it's still just interesting when you see, like, all of the different Spider people now. You're like, wow, he's got a, a whole thing fucking going on. Which, of course, why wouldn't you? When you think of it like comics as a commercial thing. It's like, well, Spider-Man sells a lot. What if we had another Spider-Man? Sure. Uh, what if we hit this demographic? We we need some more like female representation. Sure. Let's make more, you know, Spider-Women. Like for sure. And you get good writers behind it. So not only does it sell to those people, but it also sells to people who actually want to see the story. Or it's like, well, fuck. Okay. Now we need more Spider-People. They're just selling to everybody. It's a crossover hit. I mean, then, uh, you know, in, Into the Spider-Verse was a huge success. So, you know, we got to have more Spider-People. For sure. It's just, it is just interesting to see like how 90s esque all of these worlds have gone. Like, uh, <laughs> I was just pitching a comic book and the, it was the best compliment, but it was meant to be an insult. They're like, this is very like 90s image. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was going for. And they're like, yeah, we don't want it. <laughs> like, no one does. Aww. I was like, well, <laughs> listen, I got more of these. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many more books that are like that. Like, let's just get gritty. Funny, you mentioned your first boob. My first boob was the Spawn series. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Followed by Vampire Hunter D, I believe. Uh, I don't know if it was that one. It might have been. Yeah, I think that one was on HBO as well. Uh, either way, there was there was like demonic people, and then someone's boob comes out. I'm like, all right, anime boobs. I guess this is going to be framing my life for the next twenty years. Yeah. It'll do that to you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know. I've been reading a lot of different comic books lately, just trying to catch up on. I had been kind of off mainstream comics for a little bit. And then I started thinking, I'm like, well, like I'm working now. I should probably get back into these if I want to be pitching stories for potential work, you know? So I'm like, I need to get more ingrained in these worlds. So what do I do? Do I start with what's canonical? No, I just start reading all of Spider-Man from issue one which is a mistake go yeah. back <laughs> yeah you told me about that mistake a while ago but yeah, that that's, was, uh, that, that's a big one it. yeah it's it bears mentioning again like i love spider-man one of my favorite like characters of any genre it's a mistake to read all spider-man <laughs> not all of it is good um not all of it holds up stanley really likes to say what is happening to peter parker 14 fucking times oh no every page he says what's happening and then Spider-Man says what's happening. And then somebody else goes, look what Spider-Man's doing. 
Oh, but anyways, so then like I started to explode it out. So I, I read a lot of just I let a lot of creator owned comics. That's that's really where my passion is these days. But I fell back in love with everything that's going on at Marvel and DC. And those motherfuckers, if they don't always have an event going on, well, we're doing it wrong. And their events never happen at the same time doing the same thing, but it's still similar events, right? So you have like a large cosmic event happening in DC. So then you have a smaller event happening on earth and Marvel, and then they switch, right? And they keep going back and forth. And I, I have learned so much about space in these two fictional worlds. Yeah. And I know nothing about space in ours. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand it. I was on a conference call for my day job today and someone was talking about math, right? Like I was I was doing some uh technical writing for it was like volume and mass and then some other you know geometric things. Like we yeah, were talking about yeah. geometry. And someone was like, "Yeah, like you you do accounting and stuff, you know this stuff." And I was like, "I have no fucking idea." And someone brought up like that I was a nerd. They're like, I thought nerds like that stuff. I was like, no, 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 no. We like fake math. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, we like it's like fake science. Like, if you're a real life like science guy, like you understand the atomic weight of something, right? Like you you know what all of the abbreviations mean on the scientific, uh, you know, the elemental chart. What's that called? That's <laughs> my point. Of elements. This is exactly my point, right? You know what those are. Not just to pass the science test, which is where I know those symbols. And if you're a comic book nerd, I can show you where adamantium is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and the difference between kryptonite on that chart and kryptonite in Superman. And also what the importance of the color of the kryptonite is. There's so many different kinds, even post-crisis. They got rid of a bunch. Oh, my God. And that's not to mention how they have different effects depending on which color sun you're under, too, Dave. It's very different. Yeah, it, uh, it's, a, it's a very, uh, uh, like, prismatic type thing. You know what's crazy, though? Because it's so weird when you think about how big Marvel is now. Marvel as a whole, like, the MCU is one of the biggest properties in the world. And the comic books still haven't, they, they've still ballooned in popularity, but not to the same extent. Like, people recognize Captain America from the movies not from the comic books which is always going to be weird to me because the avengers was never as big as the justice league that just what just never was when you thought marvel comics it was never immediately the avengers in fact iron man was kind of like a b character before he got launched into a movie it was strange that he got so big so fast like yeah, that was a surprise that was, that was why comics. they're willing to just be like yeah go make a movie see what exactly. happens exactly which is so cool and it worked out and i love it and you and we've had a million good stories before and good stories since so it's just this awesome thing but when it comes to the avengers again they were like b level characters <laughs> and now people recognize it i don't remember my point <laughs> we've been um, rambling that does remind me i started watching uh animated series from quite a few years ago i think it was like 2012 is uh avengers earth's mightiest Mighty serious solid show solid series very good yeah very, very good series kind of dropped off um like at early season two because that's when it really started to like homogenize itself closer to what the movies were yeah well they they did a second series that was like let's match up everything yeah but, but like, uh, it was just so refreshing to see a series that did not care if you had known anything about comics before. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that was closer to what I was trying to say with my point was like, yeah. like comic books are like they, they've started to kind of line up in recent years, like trying to like match things. But you mm-hmm. have this like wealth of knowledge and it was like, oh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah. So like all that stuff's lining up to where because the movies are so popular, you have something like Vibranium, right? So you if you read the comics, you knew Vibranium from Black Panther and Captain America. It popped up lots of places, but it was like the B-level metal because Adamantium was king in comic mm-hmm. books. But Adamantium is not king in the movies because Avengers is bigger than X-Men. So I can mention Adamantium and people were like, yeah, like Wolverine, right? Like that's still kind of a thing but not much but everybody fucking knows what vibranium is and that's so fucking weird if you've been reading comic books because <laughs> vibranium yeah. is the it's it's so esoteric it's so weird it's such a deep cut for comic books if you weren't like a big avengers fan or black panther more specifically like vibranium was the you know it was like the poor man's adamantium and now everyone knows vibranium and I've even seen some people are like, yeah, you know, Wolverine's claws, they're adamant or they're vibranium. I'm like, you know, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like I cannot remember where I first learned of vibranium, but I remember when the comic or when the movie started and like Iron Man two, when he like rediscovers vibranium for his uh, chest thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's fucking vibranium. That's crazy. And I'm just like, how did I know that at the time? I was not a super comic <laughs> nerd. But then I remember, again, I, I talked to you in biology class, so that yeah, might be it. That's probably why I don't know the, the biology, but still, like, science class in general is probably why I don't know the periodic table, because I'm explaining the fake periodic table to you in science class. Hey, man, I learned a lot about antivenom. <laughs> I think it's just, like, interesting to me, because, like, I think I learned about vibranium back in the day. It was an X-Men storyline with Omega Red. And they were talking about how they had developed vibranium to copy adamantium or vice versa. I can't remember what it was because vibranium, it's it's harvested from, you know, meteorites in Wakanda and lots of other places in the actual like comic book 616. Yeah, I, but, I think it's also got deposits in the Savage Lands. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And adamantium was like the user version. So it was superior was the thing is like they had taken this naturally occurring one and added their own stuff to it. So it was like unbeatable, like and now it's kind of reversed because like you said, they kind of try to match the movies a little bit. So now Mm -hmm. vibranium is taking on like a stronger light and adamantium isn't mentioned as much. And it's just interesting to see them like, like, come on, like, we're cool. Like, read us, too. And no one gives a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I really was enjoying the hell out of that uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes because while at first I wasn't huge on the art style of it, at least for Iron Man, I don't know, his face, like the the face of the Iron Man suit always looked weird to me in this cartoon, but it, it grew on me. Well, but... it's because we, we kind of grew up with like the grittier style, so if like it didn't look cool or if it didn't look anime, like Dragon Ball Z style, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch yeah. action in this style. Yeah, but... It was just so cool and refreshing to watch the series where they would just drop so much comic book lore on you and they just didn't care. It was like, yeah, yeah you just keep going. Yeah, just we're nerds. You should know this shit. And that's why, like, again, why I still love comic books, because they don't care if you read the last 15. And the, like, you know, we joke that they reboot all the time and they do. But they never fully reboot and once they reboot it just it's not like they start fresh it's like they reboot just so they can have a different version of convoluted 
and they, they don't care really like they want new readers but they don't cater to new readers really yeah. and it's it's my favorite walled garden which it sucks that it is i wish it was more inviting to people who haven't been reading comic books for 30 years like i've always hated the people who are like oh you're just a fake fangirl or whatever it's like shut up let them like batman <laughs> yeah because then they don't hate me for liking batman like quit being a dick but like i just i wish more people would latch on i wish there would have been that crossover like i know some people have i know i've seen way more people in comic book stores since avengers but not nearly as many as i had hoped for that's all i have to say (laughs) it's just it's so crazy that so many things from our childhood that we got made fun of for liking are just so open and accessible now and i love it yeah video games comic books dnd uh, dnd cosplay like yeah. all the things there was like fucking nerd now everyone's a fucking nerd and it's so cool yeah <laughs> it's the thing that i like it's that walled garden i've never understood the whole hipster mentality of like oh i liked it before it was cool and now i don't like it now that it is cool i there is nothing i like more than when something i like blows up because it's not only is it validating for me, like I said, like I, I don't necessarily need other people to like stuff for me to like something, but it makes me feel better when other people like it. Because, again, I feel like I'm on an island otherwise. Mm-hmm. But also, it just means I get more of the thing I love. Right. And, right. and yeah, I understand right. that like there's the artist desperation that like fuels like good art or whatever. I get that idea. But even if Spider-Man was worse because they wrote it for more people, so it's like a more general story, I still get more Spider-Man than I would have gotten if nobody liked Spider-Man. Like, I just never understood that idea of like, oh, like punk means like I liked it before it was cool. And now that Green Day sells out, it's like now that Green Day sucks. I'm like, I mean, they're different for sure. I liked their albums before, but like, I don't hate them now that other people like them. That seems silly. Yeah, like, like, just don't like them because you don't like what they're doing. Yeah, I don't have some bullshit reason like, oh, well, you know, 50 more people like them now. So that's too many. I can't I can't enjoy it anymore. It's like, no, that that's dumb. If you like it, like it. If and you I don't, think that, don't. that exactly. I think it kind of comes from being like like people like to be an individual, like to be like unique. Right. And coming from a place where like we were unique because we liked shit, period. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like I've been on the island long enough. <laughs> I don't I don't need to be unique. <laughs> yeah. in in a. Uh, high school where we had 30 kids in our graduating class and only 20, 25 of them graduated. Uh, uh, we were already unique. Right. Right. So it's like, yeah, we, we just like things that are different than you because we we did. Like, we didn't aim for it. Like, we didn't aim to be different. We just were. And that's the other thing, too, is like, I see a lot of people get frustrated, like, oh, you didn't know who Thanos was? Like, no, explain it to him. It's so much fun. Like, I love that people light up now when they're like, you know, like, my the one really cool thing was after Endgame, uh, one of my coworkers, she's a mom. She is exactly what you think of when you think of a mom in an office. Like, she doesn't care about comic books. That's not her life at all. She was not interested, but her kids loved it. So she started watching the Marvel movies and she really got into them. And she came to work and she started asking me questions about all of the cosmic characters. She knew most of like the Earth level characters. Like she knew who Black Panther was. You know, they had watched a little. They started watching the Netflix shows and she quickly was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> like, oh, man. Your kid should not watch Daredevil. I was like, no, your kid should, you also your kids should not read Daredevil. 
could no. die right now. <laughs> uh, I gave her some like safer ones to watch, but she started asking me questions about the space characters because she had never heard of any of them. And I was like, don't worry. I've been reading comic books for 20 years. I didn't know a lot of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I had seen Rocket Raccoon in a comic. I had seen Groot in a comic. I did not know about the collective. Like, not a lot of people did. The, the newer version of Guardians of the Galaxy is the newer version, but it was still like, even that concept as a whole, I had not been to that part of the Marvel galaxy, but it was so neat. Like we're done with the fucking conference call, like, like solving actual work. We're getting ready to go to lunch. She was like, so tell me about Thanos. I was like, I can tell you everything about Thanos. And I'm starting talking about like deviants and the Eternals and Celestials. And like, <laughs> I got to talk about the Kree skull, like scroll war. And then I start talking about like, um hulkling and the young avengers and then i started talking about the runaways and i'm just take her on this wild ride she's like into all of it and you know this <laughs> this is a 40 year old woman who has not read a comic book in her life who did not give a shit before the movies it's just so cool we wouldn't have that if it was just like no like i like comic books before they were cool don't show anybody spider-man it's just for me yeah just like let people like what they like yeah i I just i love when other people like my stuff it's just it's just so much fun also i think that's partly like the creator in me is like i I want everyone to like my stuff like i write it for me so like i like it that's enough but it is still really cool when other people like it yeah spoiler alert often they don't (laughs) i think when it comes to things that like i love and grew up with like i have an unhealthy need to share all the little random tidbits of knowledge i have about it yeah because when sarah my girlfriend was initially getting into star wars when the new movies were coming out i was like okay i know you think the prequels are bad i think the prequels are bad you have to watch them (laughs) and so we sat down and we watched all the prequels and there were so many scenes where i would just my brain was like okay no i need to pause this scene because i need to tell you the names of these seven jedi that are in the background from left to right and you have no reason to care or want to, but I need to share that info with you because it's fun for me. Yeah, and, and like I also I think that's just a better experience because you're like, oh, are they really important later on? So like, well, no, <laughs> you'll never <laughs> see them again. <laughs> oh, okay. Are they really important in the background? Well, no, but <laughs> well, we have Yaddle I have was, the action figure. <laughs> Yaddle was always important. Yeah, Yaddle might be the most important. Like, like where Baby Yoda? Okay, where did he come from? We don't know. <laughs> uh, oh but yeah, I get the same thing. Like every time, like we'll a movie, like with whether we're watching a Marvel movie or Star Wars or anything else that's nerdy, is the inevitable pause or after the credits roll, and I look over at my wife and she's like, "Okay, what do you want to say? <laughs> what, what, what is it that you need to explain to me? What did I not get? What am I supposed to get? What do you hope that I got? Like." who what is the what are the easter eggs that you've been waiting to tell me or whatever and now because stuff is starting to get a little bit more esoteric and deeper there are sometimes where i'm like i don't know i need to fucking google around who that was like in avengers i was like i think that's thanos but i don't know because i wasn't a gigantic like reader at the time when that came out i'm like i think that's who that is but i get yeah, could I be was, 14 other people i was so excited at the end of avengers watching it with you in the theater because at the end when Thanos shows up, I had no clue who the fuck that was, but I knew <laughs> you had an idea. And, I, and my mind was blown because I was like, this is a blockbuster movie and they're referencing comic book shit that I have no clue about. 
And yeah, I like, like you know, everybody knows Spider-Man. So when you like hint that there might be a guy with web powers, like, okay, you know who they're talking about. But yeah. just a random dude in gold armor floating in space, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, but I look over to you and you're already like, okay, so <laughs> and it's it's super rewarding for me because like now my knowledge that was once useless is still useless, but somebody asks about it. <laughs> but it was like the same thing like they're they're starting to drop hints about kang the conqueror in the upcoming like uh ant-man 3 right i and... am honestly so excited for a kang the conqueror plotline and i have no reason to be excited for it. the only <laughs> reference of kang i have is from avengers earth's mightiest heroes that animated series I he's really about. good in that though yeah but Kang is so cool, and I'm super excited for it. So I was, for a long time, I was kind of standing John Krasinski as Reed Richards and uh, Emily Blunt, his wife, as Sue Storm, right? But I've since switched, my, switched lanes because recently they had cast for Ant-Man 3 um, the main guy who plays Atticus in the Lovecraft Country. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm in. You've it. read the book, though, haven't you? I've read part of it. I, again, had to stop because it was just too real for where we were in time. You mean just time period? <laughs> it's yeah. never, like, never going to get better. It, yeah. it might get better, but it still hasn't gotten better for people of color. So, yeah, but it, it's just at the, the moment when I started reading it was like the day George Floyd and all that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah so I was that... like, yep, nope, can't read this now. Yeah, that's a tough one to read at that point. Um, but Jonathan Majors, he's the guy who plays Atticus in the live action series. And he was recently cast for Ant-Man 3. And wouldn't mean a lot, but rumored to be, he's rumored to be the bad guy. And the bad guy's rumored to be in Ant-Man 3, Kang the Conqueror. Which is really interesting because in the comic books, so spoilers, because and potential spoilers for the MCU. I apologize if I'm right. If I'm wrong, who cares, right? Um, but in the comic books, he is often found to be some sort of distant relative in the future, very Eobard Thawne-like to Reed Richards. So somewhere down like the pathway he is, it's like not a big thing. Like, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, sure. That makes sense. I guess smart people in the future related to smart people in the past. But in the comic books, Kang is often an Avengers bad guy, really, really a fantastic poor bad guy. And where he was first introduced. Mm -hmm. Sorry if I spoiled that for you, buddy. No, uh, no you're, okay. you're fine. Okay. I've, I've dabbled. Okay, yeah, I figured. I figured. Um, I think that actually they, they do that plotline in the the Avengers show that you're watching. So, and they might hint at it. I don't know if they actually did it, but either way, yeah, I'm not, not sure. But but King the Conqueror in the comic books often portrayed as white. Um, also a couple of times wasn't just the relative. Sometimes it ends up being his son from the future in certain timey wimey six one six stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've potentially cast Jonathan Majors, a black man, as King the Conqueror, which is really interesting because the rumored replacement, because they were going to go with John Krasinski, now they're thinking about, um, let me find the actor's name. Have you seen The Good Place? Yes. The guy who plays Cheaty. Okay, interesting. Yeah, what's, what's his name? Not what I would expect, but I'm... William Jackson Harper is rumored to be up for the role of of Reed Richards, which is super inspired casting. And he plays such a good nerd on The Good Place, but also in super amazing shape as the jokes go in The Good Place, which I fucking love. Um, but he's perfect for a superhero role. And he plays that nerdy guy, but like confident so well on yeah. The Good Place. And I'm like, oh, that's inspired. And I actually like for the first time, I'm like that's someone I would like more than John Krasinski to play Reed Richards. 
And if they're doing King the Conqueror and now they're, you know, they're changing his race in the, in the show, in the movie. So, and you know, William Jackson Harper is also black. It's like, oh, okay, they're playing with something here. That, that could be something again. That's super, that's super possible. It's like, okay, maybe they just don't want another white guy playing 14 different characters. So like, that's very possible as well. But I just, I love both of those castings either way is really cool, but it's still really interesting to see the lines that are going there. And yeah. the fact that we might just have Reed Richards and it might be played by an amazing actor is just something so exciting. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I like that pick for casting a lot more than I initially thought because I wasn't super into the good place and not who I would expect to pick for that, but I'm digging it a lot in my brain. God the damn more it, Dave, do you like anything that's good? Eh. <laughs> I like you. I'm horrible. Well, there you go. <laughs> this speaks to it. But yeah, no, like I'm really excited. for. It. I thought that was really cool casting. Um. And even if like, because he also plays like insecure really, really well too. So like, possibly like if they play like the nerdy up stuff and like slowly becoming more confident while being a superhero, I think that would be really, really mm-hmm. cool. But also, I, yeah, go ahead. I want to supply just one, one idea for casting for uh, Reed Richards, and that would be Stephen Colbert. Ooh, now. I honestly, I would like no offense to Stephen Colbert. I'd say eight years ago, that would have been perfect casting. Oh, yes. But. And and like, obviously, if he was playing current canon Reed, I think it would still be good casting. If you were trying to match exactly what the 616 was, I think it's still perfect because Stephen Colbert is not that old, but he's starting to get a little bit, you know, of that distinguishedness about it, you know? Yes. Is he in his late 40s? Oh, no, late 50s. Yeah, 56. OK, yeah he's, yeah, he's getting up there. Yeah, he's starting to get up there. It's a little too old for 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 me for Reed. I think Reed needs to be. Perpetually 48, you know what I mean? Right. I could see Just, it like old enough to where it's like, oh, OK, that that is someone's dad, but young enough where it's like, no, he could still he can still lift, you know, not that a 57 year old man can't lift. Like, I, I know tons of people that are in much better shape than, shape than I am. But when you think superheroes, sometimes like Robert Downey Jr. towards the end was starting to look a little bit old to be a superhero. Yeah. And that's probably ages. And I apologize. But like, just like starting, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Can you handle wearing that armor anymore? You know, I mean, it, it's power armor. <laughs> Come on. Man. It's true. It's true. But like, think about this. Astronauts. They sit in the chair and they go to space, but they need to be in really, really good shape to handle the G forces, right? I mean, Same thing yeah. with like you think, like back in the day, race car drivers used to get pretty plump, but nowadays because they're going so much faster and they want to be able to drive at peak performance, they're in like really good shape. They're athletes, which you don't uh-huh. think of NASCAR, but they are. Well, I guess you're right. Some of them are. Um, but but a lot of times you need to be in good shape. So it's like, well, like you still need to be in good shape to to operate that power armor. You know, like he's still got to move his arm. I mean, I guess, but like, <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> Listen, Ro- Dave. Robert Downey Jr. owned every scene he was in. For sure, I love one of my favorite things about the MCU being so good, and I enjoy so much of it. Is when I read comics now, I can read them and they're they're like their lines, like yeah, their voice. Like Captain America, I still read in Chris Evans' voice. I read Absolutely. every Iron Man and you know Robert Downey Jr.'s voice. Mm-hmm. And you know what? From now on, I'm probably gonna read Reed Richards and Stephen Colbert's voice. 
How can you not? Honestly, his appearance in the Venture Brothers as the facsimile to Reed Richards is why I chose him. I mean, you're right. Like, he can play that, like, version of him, but that's not, like... I guess when like, Reed is so much of an like an old timey dad where it's like, yeah, like these are yeah, like, don't look at me in the eyes, boy. And you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. he's he's such like a bit like he, he sounds more to me like somebody who would be contemporaries with uh, um, Don Draper from Mad Men. Yeah. Rather like, than I, someone so lighthearted that Stephen Colbert in it's it's like the it's like if Stephen Colbert were doing the uh, voice of the dad from Leave it to Beaver. Yes, exactly, exactly. So if I do that, I it probably will be spot on. I have less of an attachment to Sue Storm because while she's an awesome character, she's still a, a female in comics and they treat her poorly very often. Oh, yeah. So like, I don't have as many amazing like ideas for her, but having Emily Blunt do it, I think that would be really cool. Plus, like making Sue Storm British, I don't know. There's just something really dope about that because yeah. there's not as many like good British characters these days in a lot of mainstream Marvel. And I don't know if that has something to do with like how like insidery we've made it like like nationalist wise or something. Probably very conspiracy theory sounding right now, but there's just where's, not a lot of people like on the Avengers right now that are international. Where's the Alpha Flight movie? I I think they need to reboot the X Men before we do it. <laughs> Although though, like when you look at the success of Guardians of the Galaxy, and potentially what they're doing with Eternals, like spinning off like the Black Knight yeah, with Kit Harrington. Mm-hmm. Um, which is super duper exciting too, because like that's a deep cut that no one gave a fuck about. If they did, say they, say they got the same success with Eternals and the Black Knight as they did with Guardians of the Galaxy, Alpha Flight is ripe for that, right? Nobody yeah. fucking knows Alpha Flight if you don't read comics. And It'd be like saying like the Great Lakes Avengers. Yeah, and what you could do is you could use it as a sort of backdoor pilot for the X Men having Wolverine's first appearance being in Alpha Flight. 100%. I think it'd be really cool. We've already seen a lot of the rumors are right now that Wolverine will appear as one of his alter egos during the Falcon and Winter Soldier story. Do you know I'm what I'm talking about? It. Yeah. So, so like he appeared in a couple of comics and it was like Nick Fury comics and a couple other ones as like a secret agent and he had an eye patch and it, I forget what was his name, like Mr. Lucky or something like that. It was something really stupid, cheesy. Right. And but it was drawn exactly as you saw Wolverine's first appearance in Hulk and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was them trying to start to see that Wolverine has always been around, basically. And it, the rumor right now, because they, they showed a couple of people that were dressed exactly like he was in this Falcon and Winter Soldier, like background is like a side character kind of thing. How interesting would it be if they pull that off? And then yeah. he shows up full costume fighting the Hulk in a cameo in uh, in Alpha Flight. That would be dope as hell. Also, it's like Alpha Flight is so, so ripe to be like a family movie. Same thing with like Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four can be heartwarming, but it's more about friendship until they have their kids. Like, do you start them out with their two kids already? So it's more like a Fantastic Six movie. <laughs> like, Is that where you go with it? Because Alpha Flight starts out there. You know, it's our it's about a family. So like you already have a more heartwarming core there. Mm hmm. I don't know. <laughs> now we're just getting into <laughs> waxing philosophical about uh, mutants from Canada. It, it just opens a Pandora's box of what could be in the Marvel Universe. Um, if we don't get a True North uh, series, with like, oh, it's not Captain Canada. What's his name? I wanted to say Captain Canuck, and that's a very different property. What's, what's the main guy's name from Alpha Flight who wears the Canadian flag? 
Oh, hell if I know, man. You don't know? No. Do you just know Alpha Flight is Canadian superheroes? Yes. So Alpha Flight is Canadian superheroes. They're basically like, you know, X-Men from Canada. But at different points in their their like grouping, there were more of a family dynamic. It's similar to Guards of the Galaxy or X-Men, like I said, where it's like the lineup has changed a bunch of different times. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the like the wiki page and there's teams like so there's there's Alpha Flight, Beta Flight, Gamma Flight, Omega Flight, The Flight, X-Men, Avengers. I'm like, well, we know some of those people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, But either way, it's like the Canadian government was like, well, we have superheroes. Let's make them. <laughs> and, and America was like, sure you do. Exactly, exactly. Like, uh, have you ever heard of Sasquatch? No, but I think I have a mental image of who that is. I mean, he looks like Sasquatch, basically. Yeah. Um, but he he's like their their Hulk. And then the guy that I was talking about with the Canadian flag, his name is just Guardian. He's Marvel's Guardian. Okay. Um, which you not to be confused with DC's Guardian, which probably a little bit more widely known because of Young Justice. Yeah. Um, but very, very different, but this guy wears an almost identical costume to Captain Canuck, which is a different, probably lesser-known comic book, somehow. It's, it's like a Captain white Canuck? and red costume. Mm-hmm. Captain Canuck is a little bit more, like, armored, but, like, his original costume that he had before it was, like, armored with, like, swords and stuff looks almost exactly like Guardian from Alpha Flight. Ah. Oh. Well, anyways... <laughs> I think we should call it there, Dave. Probably. Uh, I think we're like a half hour over. Uh, Yeah, close to it. I apologize if you wanted to stop listening a half an hour ago and we kept going. That's our bad. Um, Thank you so much for listening to us ramble. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, check out our other podcast at can'tbekilledcreations.com. If you really, really enjoyed it, head over to patreon.com slash can'tbekilledcreations. You can drop a buck or two and back us over there. You get early content, bonus content. You help get the lights on and chicken sandwiches in our pockets. We'd appreciate it. It goes a long way. If you want to follow us on all the social media, we're Can't Be Killed Creations or Can't Be Killed Pod on basically everything. I'm at Resident Stevel. Dave is really difficult to pronounce, but you could probably follow him at uh, Talgetsky David, right? I think so. Yep, over there on the, the Twitters, you know. Dave's always I'm tweeting about I'm not on the Twitter. Yeah, on the Twitter. Uh, uh, definitely on, um, you're going to start getting on TikTok, right? Oh, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Oh, man. And if you want to email us and complain about the extra half hour of comic book stuff, you can email us at can't be killed creations at gmail.com and just tell us where you're listening. Tell us why you're listening. Tell us who you're listening. We'd really we appreciate do it. it. Like, should we just do a podcast spinoff where we just talk about comic books? I, it's definitely a possibility as I'm saying here. I'm like, oh, we could just do this a lot. Let us know in those emails. If you enjoyed the comic book talk at the end of this, we can definitely do more of it. Do it over here. Do it over on Patreon, wherever you want to hear it. Uh, we appreciate it. This has been Aiming for Mediocrity, and we're out.